Hello, the internet, and welcome to season 179, episode 3 of Dirt Daily Zeitgeist, oh, yeah. a production of iHeartRadio. This is a podcast where we take a deep dive into America's shared consciousness. It's Wednesday, April 7th, 2021. My name is Jack O'Brien, a.k.a. the British coal gas buddy, a.k.a. <laughs> my pillow, my pillow. Wherever Trump goes, he's gotta go, my pillow. My pillow, white supremacy. Uh, that is courtesy of Christy Yamaguchi Main, uh, both the nickname and uh, the the My Pillow song. Uh, and I'm thrilled to be joined, as always, by my co-host, Mr. Miles Gray. Y'all been eating long enough now. Stop being greedy. Just keep a real partner. Give to the needy. Ribs is touching, so don't make me wait. Fuck around and I'm gonna bite you. Snatch the plate. Okay, so that's just a straight-up DMX lyric where he's oh, just addressing. We all know that song. You know what I mean? He could get that flow. Right. You know he's with that, yo. And, you know, that was Christy Yamaguchi made. He's saying, I was going to try and write a DMX, a.k.a., and then I just looked at the lyrics, and it already fits the show. So, yeah, they have yeah. been eating long enough now. Stop being greedy. Give to the needy. See? All right. It Dark also Man like kind of sounds like a Weird Al like version of a DMX song because it's about food. Ribs uh, is touching, so don't make me wait. Yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah whatever. Hey, whatever. Yeah. Uh, Miles, yeah. we're thrilled to be joined in our third seat mm-hmm. by the hilarious, the talented Sherilyn Vera. Oh, hi. Hi, hi. What's up? Oh, hey, just dude. here. Just got off my motorcycle as you Yeah, you heard. did. <laughs> yeah, Earlier. that was wild. You just like pulled into the pulled into the frame, tires smoking. Yeah. yeah. Uh, just pulled up in that impressive. Suzuki street bike, you know what I mean? Like like a Rough Riders uh-huh. video. We love it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That was me in the video. <laughs> just doing an endo in a chrome hat, <laughs> a chrome helmet. Yeah. There we go. Yeah. The atmosphere in some of those early Rough Riders videos were so wild. Like just 40 shirtless dudes like not just like goons like lifting an ATV over their head as a workout exactly (laughs) it was just uh, there's a if you follow that um, photographer Mel Cole Mel D. Cole um, was a brilliant photographer on he was he was at the White Plains Hospital the other day where DMX is and he was just like sending up stories but of all the rough riders that Mm. have just like inundated the street like doing all kinds just took over and playing his music but yeah it's a whole whole thing Sherilyn uh yes. we were gonna say what's new uh but we this is your first time on the show so uh what what's your life story give yeah. it to us right Three now seconds. okay uh, life story five seconds or less okay born and raised in Orlando Florida right. I currently now hey. live in Los Angeles California hey. mm-hmm. um I like documentaries I like comedy yes. there is oh that's about five seconds uh right, there's an airplane uh, flying over my apartment right so you now. live in a so you live underneath a flight path yeah, you grew up in Orlando. <laughs> that's good and to you know. Like documentaries, mm-hmm. I think we've I've, I figured it out. Yeah, yeah. so that's the and you gist work of with me. Uh, one of our uh, favorite one one of the very faces on Mount Zaymore, Lacey Mosley. Oh yeah, Scam Goddess. Yeah. yeah, I have been researching on Scam Goddess for the past two years since yeah, since yeah. the inception of the and show. And more than that, and also for people for the lore of the show, you also used to work with Her Majesty, my partner. So you know that's a very interesting. Yes, the world is small. You know, the world is gets it's smaller a, and smaller. It's a little little itty bitty place. It's a little and... itty bitty world. What's up? We were just in Orlando in 2019 in the summer I'm for sorry. a podcast movement. 
we unfortunately oh, didn't yeah. get to really do much outside of like doing the convention but i was as a local like someone who grew up there what's a thing mm-hmm. that you feel that is only in orlando okay <laughs> it would be i amazing. also it feels like disney world uh, yeah have you been to disney there's world? this place that, uh-huh. and there's like a theme okay. and mm. there this guy mm-hmm. well he's not a guy he's a mouse okay and what? it's so crazy he has like the biggest hands oh and uh yeah no gloves. okay keep some gloves so you don't have to see <laughs> yeah. what's he keeps going some gloves. on the fingernails are they're disgusting. very badly the fingernails badly burned yeah, yeah. yeah. super covid conscious <laughs> okay something in orlando that's only in orlando also something that i realized like i never had florida shame until i moved to la and i was like "Ooh, florida and i'm like yeah what's wrong with Flo-? and you know you don't realize it's a crazy place until you leave but okay but then it's something... like uh, but then it's like a bunch of other people who came from other states who think that because they I'm moved like, to oh, la where are you from milwaukee yeah sorry <laughs> they're like where are you from no like montana and you're like whitefish cool. montana you're like the where all the white supremacists are. Have you ever seen someone eat someone else's face? I don't think <laughs> <Right>. so. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Was that a Milwaukee reference or a Florida that was reference? Flo- I wasn't that Florida know. the zombie? Uh, bath yeah, salts? there was somebody bath salts. But then there was also also Jeffrey Dahmer who ate a lot of people's faces. Oh supposedly. right. Oh yeah. Where's he from? Milwaukee. Yeah. Uh, oh, so, wow. A lot Damn of cannibalism. Yo, yeah, we just nailed the Going head-to-head with Milwaukee, that's a battle. Orlando <laughs> versus Milwaukee. Also, it, great matchup good. in the NBA. Um, <laughs> but I'm, I'm more to say, like, what's a food? Because that's the thing. I love food, and I always, like, like to hear from people from a locality. Oh, being like, yeah. What's the th-? Like, they're like, oh, yeah, yeah. When I go home, I have to have this. Okay, there's so much Puerto Rican. I'm Puerto Rican, okay. and there's so much good Puerto Rican Where and just Caribbean okay. food in general. There, it's very hard to find. Um, so, I'm on like a hunt for good empanadas out here in LA. I recently found a good like Filipino empanada that was pretty good, right. but I want like a an authentic Puerto Rican empanada. What about like is mm. that, how's the? I know a mofongo place that I go to out here. I'd be curious to get your take on that. Oh, yeah. There's like one Mofongo place or maybe two yeah. out in, in all of L.A. Yeah. And have you had them? Have, or how do they how do they rate? I haven't had one of the place. I'm so embarrassing. I haven't been to Mofongo's. I think okay. that's yeah, it's the one called in the Mofongo's, yeah. right? And then there's one food truck just called the Rico. I think it's <laughs> the Rican's food. Something like that. Yeah. Can I look it up real quick? I want to give them I a just proper. Mofongos is the first Google result, and yeah. the Rican's food. Yeah, yeah, the Rican's food. And they have they have really, really good, like... What is Mofongo for uh, the, the listeners who don't know? <laughs> Not you, Jack. You know, you got the Boricua Not tattoo me. on your back. You know what I mean? Of we know. course. Well, yeah. for miles, then. Um, <laughs> what was so, I eating? <laughs> yeah, Mofongo <laughs> is fried plantain kind of, like, mashed together in, in this, like, put, like, not as... Not the feeling of a potato. I don't know why I said feeling. Not the same like Extra. density of a like a little denser of a, than a potato, and it's got like it's formed like a bowl plate thing. I'm not doing it justice. And then it's got like different meats in it, so you can do a, a mofongo with pork, a mofongo with shrimp, a mofongo with just veggies. Um, and it's like a mash. Like it's a, like a mash. It's fried, so it's yeah. like not very Ooh. healthy, but it's so good. It sticks to your ribs, and then yeah. sometimes you get it with the stew, and then the stew will yeah. absorb the the plantain, and it's delicious. Oh, I love it. Yeah, last time I went to Florida, I there was I just forget how many Puerto Ricans are there, mm-hmm. <laughs> and 
I was shocked to just see all the different options for food. Also, like, last time I went to Florida, it was um, a shit ton of Puerto Ricans have, like, immigrated to Florida. So Oh, right. So the, the it's evolving. Influx. Right, right, right. Yeah. Dope. So, mm. Well, come yeah. bring that love out here because we only have two places, apparently, and one truck Seriously. is by default the greatest by default. Yeah. <laughs> that's what that's on there. Massive, by default, right? we're the greatest, greatest by default. the only, and you can't argue with that. <laughs> yeah. Nobody can mm -mm. argue or will fight uh, you. <laughs> All right, Sherilyn, uh, we're going to get to know you a little bit better in a moment. First, we're going to tell our listeners a couple of the things we're talking about. Uh, we're going to dive into Piss Bottle Nation. That's what we're, that's what we are as a, as a nation. Yeah. Yum. And we're just going to catch up with the Amazon publicity campaign. They're they're nailing it as their uh, employees think about unionizing. They are trying to they they're just kind of panicking a little bit. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so we'll talk about that. We'll talk about Matt Gates. We'll talk. Is it Gates or Gates? Gates. I never. Gates. But I don't know. It's Matt weird Gates. because there was a a triple jumper at my high school with the last name it's spelled like that, and everyone her her name was Gates. But everyone says Gates yeah. on the news. Right. So whatever. Uh we'll cares? talk about Yeah, we don't he doesn't deserve um, the proper pronunciation regardless. Yeah. We'll talk about something the CDC is calling vaccine theater. Uh we'll talk about what fueled those capital rioters. You're never gonna believe it. The sociologist was surprised, so I guess we should be too. Um we'll talk about uh crowds at these major league baseball games. We'll say RIP to Yahoo answers. Uh, we'll talk about Greg Gutfeld's new show on Fox, all of that, plenty more. But first, Sherilyn, we like to ask our guest, what is something from your search history that's revealing about who you are? My search history. Uh, okay. So, honestly, I ever since I started like a year into working on Scam Goddess, I started using a different web browser and not saving <laughs> my search history because I was like, I'm looking up some sketchy stuff all the time. I'm on like all these F like FBI, just searching the sketchiest things. So, but I just got a new phone. So I do have my search history on the phone. And I've been looking into Northern Italy, wow. specifically the Piedmont region, because uh, apparently you can buy a house there for like <laughs> 95,000 US dollars. Right. And it's like a dope house. Like, it's like a call me by your name house. You can get like 3,200 square feet. I don't know if it's square feet or I don't know. You can get a big, meters, nice house. It. Up it. Meters. 3,000 yeah. meters. Yes. And I don't know. I'm just kind of curious. I really love Italy. And I'm like, I could buy a, maybe not right now, but at some point, if I play yeah. my cards right, I can be a homeowner in Italy. Yeah. Whimsical so, homeowner in you know, what I would say is one of the most magical places uh, on earth. I would have to agree. To this day, I long for, you know, to walk the streets of Firenze with a Lampredotto in my hand. Uh, maybe a Porchetta, I don't know, but I, I long for those days, much like many others do. What part, of, what's As your you favorite As you can part? hear, Miles has been to Italy before. Once. I have been once. And I will <laughs> and make he that came back. <laughs> and I am fucked up off of it still. Are you Italian? The way you said that. Uh... I just like to wow. respect, I like to respect, you know, if I can, if I can put some effort into a pronunciation, I'm going to do it, you know? Yeah. 
appreciate that. Yeah. I'm not Italian, but I appreciate it. Yeah, and when I say <laughs> that, people are like, okay, sir, please, here's your sandwich. Now leave. We speak Actually, English it's Fiorenza. <laughs> yeah, and I'm like, oh, God. <laughs> They're like, boo this, sir, man. This is... <laughs> <laughs> uh, the northern Italy is like very mountainous. It, it feels like because it's like right next to Switzerland. It feels mm -hmm. it feels like you're in Switzerland. Yeah, right? it's the like Alps by the are Swiss there. Alps. You got mm -hmm. southern France right there. I've never been to. Well, I've been to like Milan once, but uh, I didn't really get to explore the region. So. Mm -hmm. Miles, yeah. you gonna tell her what how how it's normally said? No, 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 Milano. no. I, okay. After All after right. I was thoroughly in Milano. Uh, Milano. See. <laughs> oh, you've been to Milano. Ah, uh, yes, uh, my favorite, uh, the uh, Nero Rossi, the, the AC Milan team. I love them. Uh, I thought you were gonna say your favorite Petri Pepperidge Farm cookie. <laughs> <laughs> also, no facts though. One of my favorites. Those are good. That was Those like the really step good. up from an Oreo that my mom wouldn't let me because she liked to eat that with like her coffee or and so mm. I could never touch those. She was like, "You, you can't Classy fuck with these." Lady. Yeah, and I know. when she would like go out, like if she left for a couple days or something, or even for work, I would eat three, and then it would be a whole thing. And for whatever reason, how do you stop at three? Man? Because yeah. I would, oh yo, it would be a problem if you'd be scared. If there were would too many, my mom it was like Fear. going into like someone's like weed satchel, and they're like, "Yo, yo, this is a little light." What the fuck happened? Right. right it's because right. it comes like, don't they come in a little pack of yeah. three? So you eat all three and then it's just like one got a whole layer, layer disappeared. Yeah. But it's mm. like, maybe she won't notice. I'm trying to eat around the edges of a bag full of Reese's Easter eggs right now without Ooh. like it being obvious that I that the bag <laughs> is entirely gone to my kids. <laughs> Very sad. Uh, what is something you think is overrated? Those mirrors that you can see, like, every stupid little pore on your stupid uh, little face. I don't think that those are necessary. Mm. Who made that? Oh, like, the ones, like, it's, like, one mirror on one side, and then you could flip it, and, and it's, like, it, surprise, it's motherfucker. Like, <gasps> it's like, <"Bah!"> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Exactly. Yeah, I don't like that shit. It makes me, it makes me. Oh, my God. It, 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 I think it encourages another level of self, like, superficial Hate. analysis or oh, yeah, you, yeah. yeah I, i'll try to keep it you know neutral <laughs> for the moment and then yes from there you can be like what the fuck? why is my pores so big I, I might i could dunk my milano cookies in my pores if i wanted to exactly yeah my so... nose is an adventure <laughs> there's there's a lot going on there that i had no idea and about, it's but... yeah and i guess you know it's interesting we don't get to see ourselves that close yeah for, but maybe it's for a reason you know yeah yeah. So that mirror specifically is, you know, and almost mirrors in general. But, you know, some mirrors are great for decor and like magic tricks and stuff. But yes, that's the only reason I have mine. Yeah. yeah it's who is it? Look, if you're a, you know, esthetician or a, a dermatologist, do we need that much fucking zoom on the mirror? I don't, it can just, I'm, I'm good enough just seeing what maybe the fuck they should have those. Yeah, right. if you want, if you're doing them. extractions or whatever, and you're doing a facial, then like, mm -hmm. yeah, toss on the loop or whatever so you can get in there. But I don't, I damn sure don't need that level of clarity on my own face. Yeah, I don't need it. Yeah, so, it's get it's, for, it's helpful for contouring. I've found right. But, mm. um, yeah, and I your contour looks, looks great. Like, yeah, but don't, thank you. Oh, oh what about God. the blending by the neck? It's just what about the blending by the neck? <laughs> Miles. That's why I just said it does it it defeats a purpose if you're not it. blending properly, Jack. Yeah, okay. Yeah. okay. And doing a turtleneck seed, that's the cheap move because we see it, it gets all over your white turtlenecks. <laughs> uh, 
That's the thing. Yeah. My masks. You always know it's my mask. <laughs> just... Like here's Jack's mask because he still thinks Looks he's like that straw, shade but... of Fenty that he is not. <laughs> yeah. Uh, what is something that you think is underrated? Um, underrated is okay. So you already know that I'm into looking at property on Italy. Okay, I'm not yeah. rich, mm-hmm. by the way. <laughs> that sounds like a rich person thing. I'm just. Trying to find a way. <laughs> Just, Just trying to find to a house that fuck isn't out of LA. $1 million. Yeah. Okay. So, Pimsleur. Mm-hmm. Have you heard of it? The learning. It's a like lesson language thing. learning yeah. thing. Yeah. This is so nerdy, but I'm into language learning. And a lot of people like Duolingo, and I like Duolingo. It's fun. I love the owl. It's quirky. However, it's it's just good for vocab. Pimsleur is casual. It's going to teach you how to say the right things and you'll learn in a better way. And uh, yeah, I feel like they should maybe give you money because I'm talking. What are you, what language are you? I mean, (laughs) officially, I think we've done a, I think Babel in the past, Um, which is like definitely a step up from Duolingo because that one just feels like, yeah, it's like I'm on the toilet and I learned how to say the boy is running and that's not going to help me. Uh, Mm -hmm. But like, yeah, I think it all depends on how robust the program is but what are you learning on pimsleur i'm learning italian and then i speak spanish but sometimes i don't i don't like i grew up in florida my parents speak spanish and and i grew up speaking spanish first but now i'm like forgetting it and i don't get that much time to practice so i do need to brush up on my spanish too and i don't know eventually like i want to learn I might be going to Japan later this year, and I gotta pick go. up some phrases. I got, I got you. You know, I'll trade if you teach me Spanish. I'll teach you Japanese. Oh my god, I'm so down. Yeah, I would love that. Uh, so it's, yeah, Italy, oh, Italian overlaps a little bit with Spanish, right? Is oh it, yeah. Are Definitely. there efficiencies that you're finding as you're trying to learn? Italian? Um. Yeah. So, god damn, now I can't think of a single word. Um, <laughs> words are hard. Words are hard. That's I don't why know. I don't bother learning any of these fucking languages. I'll, I'll tell you something about like the <laughs> accent real quick. So like mother in in Spanish is madre, mm-hmm. and mother in Italian is also madre. But in Italian, you really like have to pronounce the D. So it's like madre instead mm. of when in Spanish you're like a little looser. You're like mi madre. Mm-hmm. It's mm-hmm. almost like a th sound. So gotta hit that. Mm. Hit it hard. Got it. Yeah. Hit the D hard. Hit that D hard. Right. Okay, that was weird. Um, isn't uh, Pimsler the one that the State <laughs> Department used? What was the one that everyone's saying? Like, yeah, the government used it. Pimsler, right? Like CIA people. Right? Yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, well, fuck it. I mean, did a pretty good job. Oh, it's yeah. like an open source thing that people were using, and they were like using now the it's data. Fifteen dollars a month. Yeah, but oh, the method shit. is like you know blessed. Yeah, yeah, it's Got a blessed it. method. <laughs> Uh, all right, let's take a quick break and we will be right back uh, to talk about Amazon. And we're back. And as you were mentioning uh, that that house that's available in Northern Italy, I was just thinking, are are you guys like feeling less and less happy about living in LA as of late. I've I've been like I don't know, man. The I, yes. I keep hearing stories of the LAPD being like, 
well, you guys defunded us and like not responding to like armed robberies. Yeah, somebody got murdered in their backyard the other day because the LAPD wouldn't send somebody, even though people were like, ah, there's they're trespassing they're, in yards. There's somebody trespassing. They're like, is it your yard? Are they in your house? Then sorry. Like they the LAPD snitching has on the become an, right. The LAPD has snitching. become an existential threat to like all people who live in LA. It's a pretty wild sure, story. That story. I'm sure that's the same with sure many police departments. But I yeah, think in LA yeah. too, I mean, it's like a lot of people fled big cities in general. You know, yeah. I think when they had the ability to say like, oh, I'm not tethered. I was only tethered to this geography for my job. Yeah. And when that sort of vanished, I think a lot of people got more in touch with like, you know what? I'd rather be able to throw a ball as far as I can and not hit something. Yeah. <laughs> right. I go yeah. on like my little daily walks and I realized yesterday I was like, I haven't I'm like kind of on edge every time I go on a walk. Like I'm just like looking down, making sure I'm not stepping on dog poo. And then I'm like yeah. looking around, making sure like no one's going to about you. at me. <laughs> yeah. Right. yeah. And then making sure no one's like, going to throw dog poo at yeah, me. Exactly. Yeah. That's why I take nature. You know, take a nature walk. You just have to watch your back. Yeah. 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 Coyotes. And the like. Yeah. Oh, yeah. All right. Let's talk about uh, speaking of poo. Uh, I want to talk about Amazon. This has sort of been in the ether for the past like week and a half. But just to sort of officially get up to speed on where we're at in uh, the whole Amazon publicity campaign, trying to uh, defend how they treat their employees, trying to be like, well, unions? Why, why would you unionize? I don't, we, people are happy. Look at these people we paid a tweet on our behalf. We've got uh, one tweet that I thought was pretty interesting from them uh, Wednesday last week at Amazon News Twitter account uh, tweeted the following. So this uh, representative, Mark Pocan, tweeted, paying workers $15 per hour doesn't make you a progressive workplace when you union bust and make workers urinate in water bottles. And Amazon replied, you don't really believe the peeing in bottles thing, do you? If that were true, nobody would work for us. The truth is that we have over a million incredible employees around the world who are proud of what they do and have a great wages and health care from day one. And they eventually had to apologize for that tweet. They said, this was an own goal. We're unhappy about it. And we owe an apology to Representative Pocan. So... I really like that they are apologizing to the person that they corrected about it, like creating abusive work conditions for their employees and not apologizing to their employees. It's just a very. Yeah. Don't admit like they, it's a slippery slope. What are they going to do? Admit that was true. You know what I mean? Right. So like the easy they did this weird splitting the difference thing of just being like, uh, say that was a goof. But not what right. part, because we're not don't say we're the, the goof is that we're exploiting the workers. Say the goof was that we questioned uh, Representative Pocan. And right. then we're like, sorry about that. Like, it's so fucking it's it's just a weird line. They're walking. Also, that tweet sounds like who let Amazon tweet that? It sounds like a 12 year old tweeted it like, you don't 
actually believe this rumor, do you? Right. Right. Terrible defense from a guilty person. You don't really believe that we're locking up Uyghurs in concentration (laughs) camps, do you, from the satellite imagery? Really? There's a whole like level of attitude that has come along with this Amazon like offensive. Yeah. And it's like confidence. It's also like sort of it reminds me of a lot of like, I don't know, big D Democrat like type people like how they which makes sense because uh, the dude who is in charge of Amazon's publicity is the dude from the Obama administration, uh, Jay Carney, I think his name is. And it just all it's like got this smugness to it that for some reason the being like this was an own goal. We're unhappy about it. And we owe an apology to Representative Pokemon. So that means they're just reaming out whoever tweeted that, even though it was probably approved at the highest level, like it had to have been. They they probably either fired that one person. Apparently, like when it no matter what level you're at, Amazon is a terrifying place to work. Uh, I've heard stories of people who are like at the executive level being like, yeah, everybody cries at least once a day. It's brutal. Uh, Everyone is like so mean. The expectations are so high. And so the answer, uh, it turns out, is that all of their employees have to pee in bottles. Uh, Their their apology was like, yeah, some of our... uh, drivers when they're out in the country and can't find a place to use the restroom uh they might pee in a bottle but that's the others are probably just real creeps you know into real sick (laughs) stuff yeah but it turns out that like this is a constant point of like something that they have to monitor all the time is uh drivers having to pee and not having the time to do it and the same with people at fulfillment centers there's a quote uh, from Motherboard where they interviewed one of their one of the Amazon employees uh, who said, you're sitting there and you have to take a piss, but you don't want to rack up time off task. So off task, that's the that's how they monitor uh, you, like how much time you're spending on task or off task. And they're basically treating you like a robot. That's who you're competing with. And. Anytime you have to uh, take care of natural human bodily functions, such as going to the bathroom or, God forbid, resting, uh, you are deemed off task and they track every second that you spend off task. It's like being inside the head of like just somebody who has crippling anxiety. They're creating the the conditions of just being in being wildly unhappy. Yeah. Like, I mean, it's a machine that's built to exploit human beings for every ounce of human energy they have, but not considering that they're humans. It's like, oh, yeah, these like organisms, they'll drive the trucks and throw the boxes and fill the boxes. But stuff like pee, eat, rest. No, 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 no. So what we've done is we've created an algorithm where we can say a driver can, if they don't stop at all, hit all of these homes and we can still say, we will prime. We'll get you that shit in 20 seconds. And they're and all of these drivers and, and fulfillment center workers are also saying you have to, at the very least begin to build in like the humanity of your workers into these schedules, because you're asking people to perform at a level that is not humane and now leads to relieving yourself in a bottle. 
to yeah. to then have the attitude of like that's an own goal. It's just so insidious on top of it because they're already treating this whole situation as a thing that is like the fucking Kylie Jenner Pepsi commercial. It's not. Right. It's you're being people are putting the fucking lens on you because you of your pattern of exploitation and just obscene profits and there seems to be no any any sort of inkling to begin uh paying back the workers who's you know off their backs you're making these massive massive profits off of yeah they think they can just optimize anything right right and so they're like uh that that isn't like us dealing with a fundamental flaw in our approach to existing as a company that is a less than optimal response to this situation. There was a way we could have responded that would have been better. And we have fired that employee who took the less than optimal right. approach. And it's just so like at every level, it's just so thoroughly uh, built into the DNA that it, it just reminds you that there's no version of this where they regulate themselves it, it has to come from outside for this to end up as anything other than completely dystopian so yeah it, it's worth keeping an eye on because they are so they're one of the reasons they're so freaked out is because this fulfillment center in uh alabama is in a in an area that is typically you know very right wing would not be expected to be very sympathetic to unionizing and they're making a lot of progress towards unionizing there and so they are like amazon's approach that is basically like the u.s government's approach to vietnam they're like well if this domino falls right. then what's next where else you are know? we going to sell coca-cola uh, right so they're going after bernie sanders they're like uh actually the only difference between you and us is we actually got people paid 15 dollars an hour you didn't it's like you guys oh, have you guys make more money than most countries. He is so a single politician. But yeah, I can think of it, like a million different ways that Amazon can make this situation slightly better. Like yeah. just giving them a, a longer break. Amazon has so much money. They could build bathrooms like they can build luxury bathrooms yeah. in every corner or like make deals with like coffee shops and I, or how about this just reduce the hours one person has to work and you can create more jobs by hiring more people who work less you know what i mean like if your whole thing is about optimizing yeah. like well this person has to be able to do process this many packages in, in eight hours then say okay then make that shit in six and a half and whatever you're missing like whatever you need to fill in hire other people but don't don't make it like all right, fine. Yeah. You still need the most out of you, but this is what that's why I like this union vote is so important because it's going to set at least some like guardrails about what can be expected from a human being in a workday. There's um there's this book called Good to Great that's about like how businesses stay successful like even after they are like change leadership they stay successful in the marketplace and like one of the like may it's the book is kind of full of shit and it, it gives these companies credits for doing things that you know are just luck of the draw like one of the companies that they give a lot of credit to is fannie mae like right before the financial crash but they they do have this idea that like 
so the idea is that like every every company has this one thing that they're better at than any other company in the world, and that's how you like you just like find a way to keep doing that and keep uh making money off of that one thing. And I really think that Am the reason Amazon can't fix this is because their one thing is exploiting employees. Yeah, getting the most sauce. value out of that, that is their yeah. secret sauce is exploiting and abusing employees. Like getting like. The the thing about uh the like downtime or whatever time off task, like that I think I believe if you like looked at their internal documents, they would say like that is like our DNA. That is the thing that makes us better than right. other companies, and that's why they would never change it on their own. They would never decide to like give people extra time to go to the bathroom because they think well, the one thing that keeps us like better than UPS is that we have this like cameras on our employees yeah. and we don't account for humanity in our projections. Right. That's the secret. Yeah. It's also wild that I don't know if you guys saw Nomadland, but like Nomadland has these scenes that take place in Amazon Fulfillment Center where it's like very surreal and there's like robots rushing around and it is, you know, kind of dystopian. But like it turns out that is way too generous a depiction of Amazon yeah. because they like get time off and there is like camaraderie there. Like Amazon might have paid them for that. <laughs> like Top Gun, like how the Department of Defense yeah. is like, yeah, yeah, you want to use a battleship here? Let's uh, pretend this is what the Air Force looks like. Yeah. Also, I can't stop thinking about like what if you're a person with a vagina and you are delivering Amazon packages and you have to take a piss. Mm -hmm. It's not yeah. easy to piss in a bottle. No. I know. You need a... So... There's also a bag pooping that takes place. I might have skipped over that detail. Yeah, you missed uh, that. I, yeah. I'm familiar with that I do as apologize. a four-year-old. But yeah, we hope... <laughs> you know, I know the, the results of the the vote are still being like tabulated. Uh, and could take a little bit longer because a lot were mailed in. But, you know, I think we we wait to see what happens with that vote. Yeah. But the the rules around unionization in America is like they're absurd. You can't say anything pro union, but you can be like, uh, so, yeah, you can unionize if you want to, like, join the mafia and get paid less. Uh, like it's. Yeah. yeah. It's wild. Let's talk about Matt Gates. There it is. Yay. A fellow Floridian. Yeah. Oh my God! So <laughs> proud. Oh man, one of one of the great. We talked about you know last week, just as this scandal was taking all kinds of weird forms and distractions and offshoots and tangents, um, that he was like the sole no vote in an anti revenge porn video. Actually, it was it was one other person who turned out to be his roommate, who like he shared a condo with, who was also in the state legislature. So two people. But they were buddies when he was in the Florida Ledge. And now we're like kind of hearing why as like some of the people who uh, were the sponsors of the bill are recalling like what the discussions were around like his opposition to this. So just for some context, there's already stories about how Gates has been showing other members of Congress nude photos on his phone to them on the House floor at the Capitol. That's that that's where his depravity. It's like everything is. Uh, the frat house. And 
how he would basically just be like, oh, like, isn't like, look at this one. Oh, this is like sick. And people are like, what the fuck is this guy going on about? I'm sure other people were like in it in the moment and found a time to be like, actually, yeah, I remember when he showed me that. It was really disgusting. But mm. the revenge porn thing. So when he was in the Florida legislature, he opposed this bill that was basically saying it's going to, you know, attach punishment, make punitive uh, damages for people who are sharing sexually explicit images of ex-lovers. Um, but his like sort of rationale was that he believed that the recipients of those images had a right to share them. That's why he was against them. Wait, the recipients. So the person who saw the image who got who sent a... you sent me this picture. This is mine now. This is my this was art. Oh, the recipient. Yeah. It's an so it's my right now to do what as I please with it, because I am now the owner of this image. Um, The one of the sponsors of the bill, uh, Rep. Tom Goodson elaborated on that and said, quote, Matt was absolutely against it. He thought the picture was his to do with what he wanted. He thought that any picture was his to use as he wanted to as an expression of his rights. This is where that rights shit comes up again. Mm -hmm. It's just the bar is so low. Yeah. What's well, for... just like this toxic word that's bandied about to just justify your utter lack of consideration for anything under the uh, guise of it's my right. It's my right to fucking kill someone. It's my right to fucking uh, exploit someone. It's my right to violate somebody. Like, no, it isn't. It is not. And um, unfortunately, this is only one of many such stories where Gates, like whether it's been in the United States Congress or in the state legislature of Florida, where he has been hanging around and showing other men like all the naked women that he hangs out with. And then like talking about, like, oh, just look at this one. Like I got and and he'll say. Uh, that other guy who we talked about who got who was the Seminole County tax collector whose investigation is the one that brought the attention on Gates is he would say like, oh, yeah, he hooked me up with like these three or whatever. So it's just part and parcel of this pattern of behavior where he clearly has no idea what consent or laws or decency are like at every turn. Like we're just getting more and more information uh, about this. Consent is a violation of his rights, though. You have to understand. I mean, is, uh, are you, that's, that's where that would go he, on yeah, some point. He's yeah. like, well, at a certain point, you have to understand that, like, to even get to a, like a, a certain point of like a physical interaction, there was there would be consent. So at that point, like, that's my right to explore that. Again, right. he sounds like a teenager, like debating, yeah. like in a shitty debate class. <laughs> right. Also, why? Why do like legislators have roommates it's not that expensive to live in florida why are you living with so many dudes i mean i uh, get it if i don't know i don't get it gross actually. fucking you know they're just a bunch of gross fucking dudes it's like a frat yeah. house it's I'm not sure. yeah you know it's like so we'll gross. do fucking blow and trade nude photos and play guitar hero and then we'll go stamp, <laughs> stomp all over people's rights because our daddies are rich enough to buy us buy yeah. you know buy our seat in the legislature yeah, I just picture Bradley Cooper's character from Wedding Crashers. Like, that is right. everybody in that household. Right, exactly. Where, like, um, he's, like, uh, like he, he has a private investigator that he calls all the time to deploy oh, yeah. to dig up. Like, yeah, truly like Bradley Cooper in Wedding Crashers. <laughs> um, uh, cool, And also a timely reference, uh, <laughs> Wedding Crashers, a new movie that everybody's thinking about <laughs> When did right that shit come? 2006? Shit is 15 years old. <laughs> so fucking old. Uh, and doesn't hold up either. So I'm glad that I'm uh, Who'd have thought? You know, Who'd have it. thought? I mean, Vince Vaughn, <laughs> he, he hasn't held up really well either, has he? 
Yeah, how about that? Let's talk about kind of a related topic. So this uh, sociologist, Robert Pape, has looked into the 800 people who've been arrested for storming the Capitol on January 6th, and he wanted to find out, like, what was unique about these people. He assumed, he, he has kind of admitted that going in, he thought he was going to see uh, lingering effects of the 2008 Great Recession, like that sort of New York Times, Washington Post narrative that this is like economic anxiety. Is this sociologist white? Oh, uh, Robert Pape? <laughs> my think, my I, hypothesis I so. going into this, it's probably something to do with the Great Recession from 2000. Okay, yes. save me, Robert. Yes, but instead, he found something very different. Most of the people who took part in the assault came from places, his polling and demographic data showed, that were awash in fears that the rights of minorities and immigrants were crowding out the rights of white people in American politics and culture. I'm um, so shocked. <laughs> it's shocking. It is shocking. Everyone uh, saw that the from, the I don't know, for many years now, not before this yeah. year. We knew what was at the yeah. underneath all of this. It was all middle class to upper middle class whites who are worried that as social changes occur around them, they will see a decline in their status in the future. This is exactly what they wanted them to think, that giving people of color a little bit of equality is going to make their lives less important. Mm -hmm. Um, Oh, yeah. I mean, you know, you can't blame them because they have a pretty good example to see how this country treats people of color. So they're like, oh, I don't want that for myself at all. Is that what's going to happen? Is the thing we're doing to them, is it going to happen to us now? Like on some level, there's a re- that's yeah. that's registering. And we talked sort of about this even over the summer with all the, you know, the people understanding what white supremacy is, that the whole thing is just it tricks you into thinking that you somehow have this superiority that you do not. And on some level, you begin to come into contact with the reality that you've just been huffing fucking paint this whole time yes and it's and then you look in your fucking bag filled with metallic spray paint you're like shit this wasn't real the whole time oh fuck but that's why you know and i think that's why it's so convenient for many people to just continue to bury their head in a world where like they don't have to consider these things because the other side of it is to have to really examine some shit and if your whole thing is built on i'm superior to brown black whatever non-white people or whatever the group is then over, eventually that is going to, you know, consume you. Yeah. At some level, they recognize they have an unfair advantage, have had an unfair advantage, because the things that they're seeing are just people being able to exist at the same level as them. Like, I, I don't think they're stupid. I think they recognize what is happening. They recognize that they're living a lie, and that is what terrifies them. That's what that's what the white supremacy is, is the the threat, uh, like their knowledge that they that white supremacy is a lie. And so like that, that's what terrifies them. And seeing that happen around them when it's not when the unfair advantage isn't just hitting other people over the head every day like that terrifies them because they know that they're they've gotten to live a lie. And also, like, even people of color internalize that, too. And we live a lie to a certain extent of mm-hmm. getting this feedback societally that we are less than. 
and internalizing that. And it takes a lot of time to fucking even within yourself to try and decolonize your own fucking mind to realize like you're like, oh, shit, I was fed a steady diet of white supremacist bullshit. And even though I'm not white. To think that that's not affecting me on some level is an absolute, like, that's just a total misstep. Like, you have to also be aware of what that does to every single person because the just culturally, foundationally, it's all on built on this stupid house of toothpicks called white supremacy. So stupid. He said, in the shorter term, he added, the study would appear to connect January 6th not only to the once fringe right wing theory called the Great Replacement. Uh, which holds that minorities and and immigrants are seeking to take over the country, but also to events and hold on to your seats, guys. This is going to surprise you, but also to events like the far right rally in Charlottesville, Virginia, in 2017. That I those two Robert Pape events, please just <laughs> eat fucking, a fucking what? just a bucket of shit. Whole bag. Of what shit. the fuck? Yeah. Like, I mean, whatever. Wait, what? Like, I'm so confused. Why is this like, guy elevated? Study... Like, yeah. <laughs> because you could have asked any person who has a little uh... bit of lived experience with white supremacy or racism and be like, oh, yeah, you know exactly yeah. what it is. It, they're afraid that they are going to become the people that they were oppressing or that that no yes. longer works anymore for them, that they can't conveniently cry, you know, their white tears to a police officer to get someone arrested or killed and that they will have to just exist with everyone else normally. Um, he also says, and this is, I think, helpful for people to read in the New York Times and the Washington Post, that the remaining 90% of the uh, rioters, so not the ones who were already members of Oath Keepers or the Proud Boys, which is about 10% of the people who've been arrested, but uh, what people have termed the ordinary rioters uh, are part of a still congealing mass movement on the right that has shown itself willing to put violence as its core. I think a lot of people assume that this uh, investigation is like dealing with the problem. And I I think that is, I think we're going to see this frequently pop up. Oh yeah. There's an interesting article on Wired. I was reading that I was just talking about how we have such a misplaced emphasis on uh, polarization, you know, like the tech, like, what about the polarization that's happening? It's partisan put, and it's really just inequality. It's all that is. And they're like, to not actually put the weight of like these social media companies or whatever, who are like, whoops. Cause you know, 2016 was sort of like polarization. What do we do here? It's really that Mm. they need to be putting their energy into how to fix racial inequality racial justice, income inequality, because those are the things that are truly at the root of all of this. Hopefully we'll begin to pivot to that discussion as well, because there's a lot to to really think about that as well, because it's easy for someone who is lacking to look at another group that might be doing well and immediately be like, I hate them because the reason they have is because I don't have rather than everybody being supported to eliminate that kind of lack within them. And to be able to focus on other things, because right now the utter lack that people experience is able to be manipulated in so many different ways um, that to just focus on like, I don't know, like you hate you love McConnell, but you hate Pelosi. It's no people are broke. (laughs) People are not being taken care of and they're becoming very cynical and nihilistic. Yeah, it's a lot deeper than polarization. Like people need to understand that the foundations 
of this country and the world were built on slavery and like that's how you that's how we started our society so it's pretty fucking rotten as a foundation and we just need to start with understanding that and uh move forward i don't want to understand that though and that's my right is where we're at (laughs) in this evolution i don't want to think about it Uh, it makes me sad like why are you so woke you're asking me to think about that oh here come the woke police because they're gonna make me Mm -hmm. actually have to address or have a reckoning with even if it's personally with what this country is and is not yeah shout out to robert pape though yeah, I man. mean, like He's you're being thorough and stuff like that, but you know, you could ask yeah. any person of color; they they could have they could have saved you some paper. Yeah, I mean, but like so, some of academia is obviously like making the saying the obvious thing out loud and like finding the data to prove it. But it's it's funny the way the New York Times is covering this as yeah, um, a surprising finding. A yeah, finding maybe that's that just what he needed to be able to process <laughs> right. that information, like, and maybe right. a bunch of people learned something. He was yeah, he was mm-hmm. like he's one of those people. He was like, I just have to scientifically prove it's racism for me to accept this, <laughs> and yeah. then I yeah. will. Okay, I guess that's what it is, everyone. Mm-hmm. Uh, all right, let's take a quick break, and we'll come back and talk about some bullshit. And we're back. And take me out to the ICU. Uh, America's pastime is back, baby. Oh, yeah. Oh, and yeah. it's full cap. Not even, no, it's full capacity in Texas, <laughs> at least at Globe Life Field for the Rangers opening right. day. Mm-hmm. The photos. 38 thou. Photos, you thought this shit was taken, you know. Uh, in 2019. Yeah, what is this, 2018? Because, like, barely, like, you got to really squint your eyes and be like, who's got a mask on? A lot of people with some chin masks. You got a couple people with masks. Other people who were like, I'm off this shit. And, you know, apparently at the at the field, they were saying, like, no, like, obviously we're telling fans to wear masks to, to keep it safe. We're not going. And obviously we're gonna go, they're ignoring the fuck We'll pack 38,000 people in here. And some of them will wear masks. I don't know. Some won't. But what does it matter? Governor Abbott said it's all G, honey. So come through to the Rangers game. Right now, the mm-hmm. state is about 16, 17% fully vaccinated. And over a quarter have a little just over 25% have gotten their first shot. But these are not the kinds of numbers that would make an epi- epidemiologist say play ball. Because uh, at, at this point, I don't know like what it is. I think people are just desensitized to the risk. As because if they've gotten this far in your mind, you're like, I don't know if I got if I was going to get it, I probably would have got it. So I'm, I'm probably good anyway. And right. also, I think just uh, many people have just like even if they acknowledge the pandemic, they've just personally prioritized this feeling of getting back to like normal. And as look, I'll say this it's definitely safer than an indoor arena. But when you consider a mm-hmm. lot of other ballparks have been operating not even close to full capacity, like 40 or 50 percent, this is like it's a little eerie to think about because you, we look at countries in Europe, they've started to reopen and we're starting to see it trend upward again. So, you know, money, though, we've got sponsors, money, money. sponsors, put money and down, also so make sure we get these asses in the seats. And also there seems to be a cultural like a certain cultural milieu where like being the first to reopen is like a 
hell yeah, that's what I'm talking about, brother, uh, type thing. It'd be so shitty to get COVID, like, after, you know, there's the vaccines available, people are getting vaccinated. Like, now would be a horrible, I mean, it's always a horrible time to lose somebody, but it's just... Ugh, yeah. How or more likely, you know, catch a baseball game, be asymptomatic, bring it home to your elderly relative who, you know, only has their first dose and kill them or get them. Right. Or has their first dose the day, the next day, you know? Right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I started getting a little confident after my first shot. I was like, okay, I might go to like a (laughs) coffee shop. Yeah. Right. And take my coffee to go. (laughs) You're like, I might eat at this hometown buffet, demand that they open. Yeah, I uh, when I was on spring break on Miami Beach uh, the other day with my family, uh, I, no, uh, I took my kids on vacation uh, for spring break and we I witnessed a thing that made me like really uh, feel for any parents of teenage kids where like this teenager was like wearing his mask around his neck and his mom was like, what are you doing? Like, stop. Do you want to kill us? And he was just like, yeah, I do. Oh. I do want to kill him. I want to kill grandma. I want to kill. It was just like, <sighs> oh, oh fuck, oh, man. Oh, wow. no. Like, I've, entitled I that, teenage white kid. Like, But oh. just like teen shithead. I was a yeah, teen shithead. And his shit mom was head. like, okay, I'm sorry. Yeah, okay. You can go. Do you want a PS5? <laughs> well, the dad, PS5? the dad was like, just stop both of you because the mom was like really taking it there. And like, you know, there were people around. It was, it was pretty <laughs> wild. It was, uh, it was like getting a front row seat to a live action familial meltdown on, Look, por- on par with a uh, force mayor. I'm telling you, <laughs> the, the YouTube clips are going to be popping. When we enter society again, motherfuckers don't know how to act. And a lot of people are stressed and a lot of, you know, it's the same thing. It's the same phenomenon. Why so many fights happen at Chuck E. Cheese and shit at kids' birthday places. Like, oh, I didn't know this. Oh, yeah. Because it's like a combination of like stressed parents who want to do well for their kids. But it's sort of like, but also like you might. Yeah. But so like it and like some places have alcohol. So tensions like boil over because there's like a ton of group parties on top of it. So like the energy can just be weird. Everyone's anxious, especially like if people Mm. have weird family situations is another layer of complexity that you're bringing in to then if one person errantly bumps into you, it's like what now? So, yeah, I've imagined I will see a lot of like couples fights, family fights. Uh, I've been mm. telling myself, like, for the opening, reopening of the world, I keep, like, telling myself in my head, I'm like, it's going to be okay. Like, you don't have to go anywhere right away. Don't worry about FOMO. Like, just take your time. Ease your way in. Like, I am just telling myself that over and over. uh, Do you think that'll be be a big, like, you'll be fighting your fear of missing out alongside, like, reentry anxiety? I mean, I'm comfortable. Like, I'm fine in my house. Right, right, right. <laughs> but, but yeah, I think part of me is like, I don't want to miss the roaring 20s, but also part of me is like, it's fine. We're safe in here. Sure, sure, don't yeah. Don't worry. We eventually have to so, switch gears at some point, but yeah. Yeah. At, at, at all at our own pace. Exactly. That part of my brain, I think, never formed the FOMO part. Like, I think I'm, like, that's... I got Fogo, uh, fear of going out. Exactly. <laughs> Fogo to chow over here. I like yeah. that. I think that's just called social anxiety. Nah, I, like I was like, huh, that's weird. I like Fogo uh, too. I don't know why I don't have FOMO. It's like, oh, because I get nervous and uncomfortable. 
I'm as as like outspoken and gregarious and you know uh you know energetic as I am. Certain times I'm really not fucking with, like before the pandemic. There are situations where I don't want to blindly go to just some like some random get together of people. Like her, oh my gosh, her majesty yeah. will be like, oh, so-and-so's birthday. I'm like, I don't know who's that. It's like, oh, I used to work on this project <laughs> with them. I'm like, will I know anybody there? She's like, no, but it'll be fun. And I'm like, shit, cut to me in the fucking corner, like high and being like, do you smoke? No. All right. I'm like, nobody smokes here. What the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> it's a Brits. Yeah. Well, I didn't uh, know that. <laughs> We want to say a quick uh, adieu to Yahoo Answers. Mm-hmm. What one of the greatest to ever do it? Uh, how is Babby Forums? Yeah, maybe uh, the best thing that anybody ever found on the internet. Apparently, that was found by uh, at Fart on Twitter, uh, John Hedron. Wow, for an article that he was writing for something awful, which Katie uh, Natopoulos from uh, BuzzFeed pointed that out in her article uh in her obit on uh yahoo answers but that's just i feel like we should do more internet sourcing of like people who started memes and like the fact that that was i don't know he should win a peabody for finding that yahoo answers yeah it's vital to our our modern day internet vocabulary yeah wait so does that Um, mean gregnant is also was gregnant from that or was that from cora uh, I think it might have been cool, uh, but the so all of Yahoo is going to be wiped. Uh, all of Yahoo Answers is going to be wiped from the internet. In oh May. come on! Somebody I turn know. it into something quick. Somebody preserve it on Tumblr. Yeah, the Library of Congress has like yeah. every tweet ever. No, you know, no. Am I pregnant? It shout out to the realest one is Yahoo Answers. Yahoo am I pregnant? Am I pregnant? Help. <laughs> you know, is there a possibility that I'm pegrant? <laughs> uh, yeah, there's some there's some great ones, you know, just looking through. I can't see myself on Google Earth, question mark. Is one of them. <laughs> oh no. Really? They thought it's a there's that <laughs> okay. I like that. I really like the I like what this person <laughs> thought Google Earth was, and I appreciate them. I like that too. That's like whim- so the whimsical. Have- They're like, you can go outside <laughs> yeah. and it's fucking anywhere. Okay, I'm gonna tell my cousin to go outside right now in <laughs> France. Uh, yeah, there, there's just a lot of great ones out there. Uh, but unfortunately, we have to move on to, uh, I, I think, a coming attraction that a lot of people have on their calendar. Yeah. The, the late night game is about to fucking change, oh, you yeah. guys. Uh, Fox has entered the game. Greg Gutfeld, in fact, uh, one, one of the great wits of our time. The shittiest guy uh, from the, the five. The guy from the five. Yeah. Yeah. It was, they're like, you know, I uh, hate music. What happened to, mm-hmm. I like Radiohead is garbage. What are you going to do? I think, <laughs> I think Four Non Blondes is also trash. Linda Perry is a terrible songwriter. Okay, fool. Um, Wait, is that really? No, like but one that's of his like takes? how that's where his takes are. <laughs> oh. He like says something that is so like just like like you're like your take actually right. indicates you don't know anything about what you're talking about. You just decided right, to go right. just to be contrarian and then just like dig in. But yes, he's just a hater. He is getting actually. In fact, his show has already premiered. It it premiered Monday. The Greg Gutfeld show is oh, going to be 
I guess his own fucking late night show to go toe to toe with like actual fucking late night shows. You know, the ones that have like fucking writers rooms filled with like talented comedians and shit. Um, and so this is as he's saying, uh, it's a it's a talk show on a cable news network and it's run by somebody who's not a typical newscaster. I'm not like any of the competing hosts. I'm not a comedian who, just so you know, he's a best-selling author who came to Fox in 2007 after a career as a writer and editor, including the UK edition of Maxim. And his uh, billboard is awesome. It's actually, if you know LA, like on Hollywood Boulevard, that's where Jimmy Kimmel uh, has tapes his show. And right there on Hollywood Boulevard, they put up their billboard behind the Roosevelt, and it says, Cancel culture just got canceled. Gutfeld, weeknights at 8. Gutfeld exclamation point. It is good that uh, his show title is Gutfeld exclamation point. Uh, it's also written in Garfield font for some reason. Yeah, right. Oh, no, I think that's because that is the most influential comedian in the. Fox I mean, or considering how Fox many Museum. letters it shares, Garfield and Gutfeld. Like know, maybe Gutfeld. it was a very easy decision for a very unimaginative, like graphic person who unfortunately yeah. had to work there. They were just like. They just took it and just like copied and pasted around. Yeah. <laughs> They're like, oh, the this new is sign. Great. They're like, it's done. Yeah, <laughs> that was easy. Like this person's a genius, man. They always come through the sickest graphics and like, oh, they're fucking dumb. Um, so what kind of racism and vitriol can we expect on the show? Well, I just want to just looking back at some of the things he talked about in the last month on the five. This is what they're saying. Recent topics have included former President Bill Clinton participating in a women's empowerment talk. And he said, like having Woody Allen direct the Teen Choice Awards. Uh, the quote hey. woke implosion at Teen Vogue. Uh, I think that was from the Lexi McCammon fallout from her racist tweets. He said, a magazine and a planet are Very being dramatic. run by people with adolescent mentalities. And the race-related controversies on The Bachelor and the talk in which he said, uh, quote, one can only move forward if another is canceled, it seems. Mm. Wow. So I want to play a couple quick clips. So th those are all just... Uh like saying the exact same thing like he has one take that he's just yeah yeah just to be over. like oh this person's bad and so what they say is stupid uh -huh. and also like we're not racist guys let's remember that let's all keep saying that we're not racist even Please, though we are because if we said we are that has its own set of consequences that we're not willing to deal with by being chest out racists so when he was promoting the show i'll play two clips this one is when he was promoting the show and comic genius, former Congress person, Trey Gowdy from the Benghazi hearings has to just get his take, you know, as a comedian or non-comedian wants to see like, what's the show going to be like? So just to get an idea of how he was talking about the show. Go Trey. Go ahead, Trey. <laughs> yeah. Well, Greg, just one, one serious question. The funniest yeah. people I know are often introverts and it's much harder to be funny than people think. Is that true in your own life? I mean, it, it it's hard to be funny all the time. <laughs> I, I don't, I, I, all I do is I just speak what's running through my brain. So uh -oh. uh, oftentimes it's not funny, but it's the, the whole point of comedy is taking risks. So every time you open your mouth, you're basically jumping off a cliff and you never know where it's going to go. That's why cancel culture is so damaging to people who are comedians, people who go out on stage. I'm not one of those people. I've never done stand up. I've always been. OK, just shut up. Just, just shut up. Uh... Just shut up, Greg. If anyone oh. out there is slightly smarter than him, just go out there, follow your dreams, because they're letting anyone do whatever they want. Yeah. And there's a chance that you can get your own show. But also, please do not look at comedy as just, I'm going to take the filter off and yell shit on stage. And that's, and you know, and hey, you're just like jumping out of a plane. No, uh, 
saying garbage shit on stage is jumping out of a plane because there are risks involved. But if you're actually a comedian, you'll make people laugh and it might feel quite comfortable. Uh, you may feel good about it at the end. But anyway. So this is I, I was just Googling trying to find out what the ratings have been like so far. And I found Fox's Greg Gutfeld show tops Colbert, Fallon, Kimmel and late night ratings race. But that is from 2020. That is a different show that they tried to launch uh, hosted by Greg Gutfeld. So this is that they, they were like, you know what the problem was with the Greg Gutfeld show uh, was the Greg and the show and the lack of exclamation point. Mm. So we're going to give it another shot as Gutfeld yeah, screaming. Um, fuck. All right. Yeah. Just be loud. Um, yeah. So then Monday he had the debut and I look. We like comedy here. We've all worked with very hilarious people and do that for a living. Um, let's check mm. out our man's opening monologue just to just to get a sense of how fuck how he's coming out swinging. All right, here we are again. A brand new show and a brand new Greg. I'm as giddy as Kamala Harris explaining kids in cages. <laughs> or Woody Allen hearing about kids in cages. <laughs> If you've been watching the GG show on Saturdays, welcome. If you love the five and felt the need for more GG, that's awesome. If you ended up here because you thought your TV was the microwave oven, it's good to see you, Mr. President. <laughs> your pizza will be warm in two minutes. And Hunter, he brought the extra cheese. Uh, uh, yeah. <sighs> Wait, how many people were in the audience? Was there like three? three. Pretty sure, I'm yeah. pretty sure that was. Hey, who knows? Are they doing? Are they doing a a like the soup type thing where the like the studio audience is just the camera guy? Uh, no, like or, for what? that whole thing, it was just him sitting on his backdrop, and the sycophants just giggled off camera. Ha <laughs> <laughs> It sounded identical the every single time. Like, yeah. and you know, they had to rehearse oh. the laughter too. <laughs> oh yeah like, yeah they're, and they're not even jokes what laughs. are these what are these mm. jokes i mean the the mr president one was the closest thing to a joke i'll give him that yeah and i think yeah that that's definitely like been used before it's because they own they other. only say the same shit and unfortunately like you need a bit of empathy to be humorous on some level. Like you kind of need to be able to be a little bit more open about what it means to be human or like, like what a mistake is or understanding irony takes a little bit more self-awareness than some guys like, if you want more GG, because yeah, who refers to himself by his own initials in the third person. Yeah. Ugh. Yeah. Do you ever watch really bad comedy and it just makes you sad because you're like, Wow, not only did he find he think that this was good and funny, but like a few people were laughing at this too. And that means that they all have no empathy as well. Right. That just made me made yeah. me a little a little sad. I just want to play um one there's like a character bit they did where they brought in like a fake Ooh. um hold on. A, a, a fake like I don't know what this is supposed to be. Just You sir are a racist. Oh, you racist. are the racist. They're making fun of CNN. Racist. You are. White you are. male. Terrible. Racist. You're the racist. Racist. Awesome. <laughs> to Kimmel is the culture, a crowdsourced version of a hit piece. A go. I don't know. I mean, I, I, it's, 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 it's really hard to, to hear. But my oh, favorite my is underneath this one tweet that the Gutfeld Show tweeted out. Many of our past guests have just been dunking on it <laughs> in the tweet replies. <laughs> 
Uh, Cody Johnson, great job, great points, very funny and well executed. I also appreciate that this Fox <laughs> News show wants to stand up to people in the media who are trying to scare us. Look for, Looking forward to more. Uh, Alex Edelman, <laughs> LOL, this is the worst monologue I've ever seen. It's actually kind of sub sublime. Greg, you hosted a show that had on two comedians a night for 10 years. You couldn't hire one of them to write a monologue joke slash teach you how to deliver one? <laughs> yeah, it's... Damn, yeah, it's just all bad. Uh, so it's really bad. It was actually worse than I expected. Honestly, it to I be. think Huckabee's uh, and better. I expected it to be very bad. Yeah, Huckabee's definitely better because Huckabee has a very specific voice that it doesn't make sense, but it's almost like poetry. Because yeah. it's way a character it of sense. like a like an old boomer who has no idea what he looks like to the rest of the world. And he's yeah. just living in a theater of his own mind where he is the star and like the funniest person. Right. So it has this like surreal yeah. energy of like absurdist humor to his delivery. Right. Gutfeld. Yeah. Very yeah. surreal because you're inside the mind of somebody who like doesn't know how jokes work, but like you start to get a sense of like how, they think jokes work and so you're like really it's like a very a much more specific experience than than asshole the... like at your college <laughs> coffee shop who's eventually who's about to get coffee thrown on them look he <laughs> right. just or even to just find regular. his voice he's just searching for his voice yeah he's only had 20 years at fox then you uh, have people a... who are encouraging him this one user in this tweet said First episode, you get a pass. Get better writers and learn how to actually deliver jokes, and you may be onto something. I'm curious to see. I'm curious to see <laughs> someone from the ring actually be funny, but I think you can do it. Uh -huh. <laughs> it's like a half jabby, like someone who That's I think kind of realizes the stakes here. It's like we're getting owned in the comedy right. stuff, man. It's like right. someone who like, all right, man. So all right, let's you know that that was. You know, shooters don't even think about their yeah. misses. So we're just going to move right on from that. Comedy writers would be good. Uh, learning how to deliver a joke would be good. Well, we can do it. We can do this, guys. We can do this. It's like someone who like yeah, really yeah. loves like their college team and they know it's like, we just need a new coach, man. We just need a new coach. Right. And we'll be able to bang with the other schools because they're and like you're objective enough to know we're not doing it. So we need a new coach. But I know we can do it. That's how this... like conservative feel like when they're trying to cheer on their own comedy. It's like, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, we're almost bad show, yeah. bad writing, bad performance, but you know, just keep let's at go, it. Let's go, let's go. But the idea, the so idea I don't want to just, uh, yeah. mm -hmm. is there. Right. So rather than being like, so nobody's ever been funny and conservative at the same time, and you are already bad at being a comedian, like so you would be uniquely ill suited to a approach that there's like someone's got to do it like you might, it's probably going to be you you're probably going to get to get there Sherilyn it has been such a pleasure having you uh on the show where can people find you and follow you thank you I've had a great time uh people can find me on the internet uh Sherilyn underscore Vera on Instagram and on Twitter without the underscore there it is hey I got an extra underscore in my uh, my Instagram. Nice. Uh, yeah. So, you know, same. Uh, where, is there a tweet or some of the work of social media you've been enjoying? Uh, yes, I found a tweet that I liked by Roy Wood Jr. He said, you posted that vaccine card. Now all them vaccinated people you don't really want to hang with are hitting you up to go out. 
Should have kept your mouth closed. Now you had a socially distanced bowling on Wednesday night. (laughs) (laughs) And, Uh, uh, you know, just relatable content. Relatable content is what we love here. Uh, We recently launched a show with him, Roy's Job Fair, uh, produced by Nick Stumpf. And it's a... It's a winner, folks. Go check it out. Uh, but he's like one of just genuinely nonstop funny human beings. Uh, Miles, where can people find you, follow you? Uh, you can find me uh, on Twitter, Instagram, at Miles of Gray. Also on uh, the other podcast, 420 Day Fiance. Um, and some of tweets that I like. Uh, actually, both related to stories we talked about today. Heno at J.R. Hennessy did a quote tweet that basically said Yahoo Answers will be shut down forever on May 4th. And he tweets, the burning of the Library of Alexandria. Uh, <laughs> and it feels like that. And then one more from Andrew T at Andrew T. I uh, says conservative comedy is about being principled. And that principle is conserving the same like eight jokes to reuse for decades. Uh, and that's what we <laughs> saw right there. Yep. Couldn't be more true. I want to read a a little thread O'Riffin from uh, this person who, so it starts with a, it's basically lyrics from the song I'm a Bitch uh, mixed with movie posters. Um, so it's, I'm a bitch, I'm a lover, Robin Williams, Disney's flubber. <laughs> and somebody responded to that with, I'm a sinner, I'm a saint. What's eating Gilbert Grape? Uh, And then, I'm your hell. I'm your dream. I'm Hubie Halloween. Uh, And they (laughs) they use the actual posters for it. And it's great. The first one is Chauncey Sugar Sweets. The second is Brad Carter. And the third is Taryn Ariana. Good tweets. Great tweets. Uh, Shout out to Year of the Ant, MFC Erickson, for uh, forwarding that one to me. You can find me on Twitter at Jack underscore O'Brien. You can find us on Twitter at Daily Zeitgeist. We're at The Daily Zeitgeist on Instagram. We have a Facebook fan page and a website, dailyzeitgeist.com, where we post our episodes and our footnotes, where we link off to the information that we talked about in today's episode, as well as a song that we think you should go check out right now. Miles, what's the song that you think people should go check out? The song to ride out on today. Look, just, just, just more remixery, but actually not remixery. More stuff they can only find on SoundCloud. Because I was just thinking the other day about uh, concerts and going back and live music. And there's a song that Flying Lotus used to always play, like, or not always. Like if, if you saw him live around 2009, 2010, there was this track called King Midas that he would play in his sets and I found it on SoundCloud and I was just I had so many just like sweaty festival flashbacks um, and it made gave me great joy and look and if y'all aren't really ground up on Flying Lotus get into it uh, so this is called King Midas Lost Remix Instrumental and it will be in the footnotes uh, but you can only get it on SoundCloud uh, alright well go listen to that the Daily Zeitgeist is a production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. That's going to do it for this morning. We are back this afternoon to tell you what's trending, and we'll talk to you all then. Bye. 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 Bye.